0: The title of this morning's message is "This State of Readiness." State of readiness, and uh, Jeff and Amy. Just so y'all know, God sees all the stuff that you guys do behind the scenes that I don't even know about, that nobody else knows about, that nobody else sees, and He says, "Thank you for laying such a strong foundation for the church." And and sometimes we don't praise you guys enough for all the foundational work that you do to make the church structure sound. Uh, and so. So I'm going to say thank you for for all y'all do and and get ready because a new level of anointing is about to come upon your ministries and what God's doing. So just be prepared for that. And so as we get ready in a state of readiness, we want to be ready for all that God is doing. And so we know that last week we talked about being battle ready. And we know that God in his uh, infinite power just didn't prepare us with proper training. He prepared us with proper attire. And the proper attire is for a specific enemy that we're facing. If this rings a bell, say, oh, yeah. And so if this as this is ringing a bell and we know where we're at we got to begin to understand he prayed, he prepared us with proper attire because of the specific enemy that we would be facing and we know that last week we talked about the term devil means diabolos which means one who continually strikes again and again beating against the walls of one mind until he finally breaks through and penetrates their thought process and develops a stronghold so that's what the term devil means so whenever you read in the bible that the devil attacked that's what he's been doing he's been just beating down on you all the time trying to break through get in and develop a, a stronghold in in your life and then there's the official name of of, of devil in the bible and it's uh, satan and we know that the term satan means to hate or to accuse and the bible says this in revelation twelve ten. now salvation and power and the kingdom of our god and the authority of his christ have come for the accuser of our brethren which is satan has been cast down as he stood before god accusing day and night and so as satan the official term means accuser or to hate so the devil hates you So he's accusing you before yourself and before God all day long. And he uses those attacks of constantly accusing you like you're worthless, you're worthless. You're worthless. He's relentless about it, and so he begins to beat and beat and beat until it breaks through, and you finally have a stronghold in your mind that says, "I'm worthless." So the accuser is accusing you of worthlessness, and so the devil beats you down with worth- worthlessness. And so, um, another major term is angel of light that that the Bible uses several times in Second Corinthians 11, 14 It says, "As no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light." So after he's beaten you down and he's accused you of being worthless and worthless and worthless and worthless and worthless, and, worthless, and you start believing you worthless then he says well hey why don't you begin to do this like so-and-so does and he disguises himself as placing your security in somebody else's hands and so he masquerades himself as an angel of light saying if i just do this i'll then be worthy of something if i can just sing like the people on the worship team then i'll be worthy to do something if i can just preach like pastor jeff or pastor damon then i'll be worthy of doing something if i can just do and your worth becomes what you do do you understand how the devil beats against your head and then you become in a works based salvation? Rather than said, No, I'm already worthy because Jesus Christ and what he did and how he died and when he died for me declared that I am worthy. So I don't live in the world's worthiness. I live in the worthiness that my Jesus Christ has already showed me. Amen, and and so we walk like that And so we got to be careful of the tricks of the of the devil or satan or the angel of light because here's what actually happens Satan is his his proper name The devil is his plan of action and angel of light is his mode of operation And so he's trying to distract you by any one of those three things in any of those three orders And those are what he uses to get believers out of what they're called to do and who they're called to be and into a place of uh, bondage and where you have to be set free from your captives and so when we know all this we got to know what the specific attire is that God created to fight against these attacks and like I said last week a ship does no good on land and a tank does no good at sea and so you and your spiritual attire that God has given you is designed for a, spur, uh, a specific purpose and a specific cause in your life so that you can go through and be victorious in every area of your life and now I promised at the beginning of this series that I was going to go slow I was going to make sure we we got through everything and it was quality and it was covered because we're going to walk out in freedom and last week, I broke that promise, and I had somebody call me out on it last week, said, you know you kind of rushed it a little bit last week. (laughs) All right? And so this week, I was preparing my message, and I was going to go through the next two, which is the shoes and what we're going to talk about today and the the, the shield of faith. And God says, no, 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 remember? (laughs) She called you on it, so... (laughs) So I'm going to slow it down. We're just going to hit one today, and we're going to believe God to do the rest of it. And so today we're going to be talking about the shoes and the state of readiness. So we know that we got the belt in place, and the belt is so specific. It's the Word of God. It's the, the belt that's in place is literally the only gift, the, the only piece of armor that is spiritual and physical. The belt of truth is the written Word of God. It's the Logos Word of God, where the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit are the Rama Word of God or revealed Word of God. Like when you're reading the written Word, and then the Scripture jumps out, he's like, oh, that's what that means you went from logos to rhema okay so the belt of truth is literally the written word of god that if you can't ever get a rhema you'll always have the written amen and the written is always there for you to carry with you wherever you go to have it in place. And the written holds everything else in place. And so you have the belt of truth. And then we have the breastplate of righteousness that we talked about last week. That it is your righteousness that God has given you. And as the, 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 the Roman soldiers wore this huge breastplate. And it was like layers of fish scales. So you could have mobility and stuff like that. As the pieces of brass would rub against each other. It would begin to develop a distinct shine to it. It wouldn't wear out because of activity, but if there was ever a time when it was inactive, it would begin to tarnish. Your righteousness is the exact same way. If you don't continue to walk in your righteousness, it'll begin to tarnish, but the more you use your righteousness that God gave you, and it is your righteousness because he took your sin and gave you his righteousness, so it is yours to wear to operate it. It'll develop a shine and a luster, and it'll be noticeable, not just for the church world to see, but for the rest of the world to see as well, and so you need begin to walk in your righteousness like never before. We're going to jump into the shoes today and I want to begin to emphasize this as we begin. Um, State of readiness is the title and militaries live in a state of readiness. Militaries live in a state of readiness. How many of y'all have ever been in the armed forces? Lift your hands up high. All right, y'all give them a hand clap this morning. That's awesome. As we got people in the armed forces, there was never a time while you were there that there was not a state of readiness that always took place. The militaries are always in a state of readiness. They're always at a desired place of ready to go to war. There's always that underlying thing that they know beyond a shadow of doubt, no matter what we're doing, we must be ready at this moment, at this time, because when we're called upon, we gotta be ready to go. And the problem is with most believers, we don't live in a state of readiness. We let the battle come to us And when the battle comes to us, we're unexpected of it and we're not ready for it. And by not being in a state of readiness, we get caught off guard. And so we're already beat down before we can even get up and try and fight back. And so it's time that we change that and we get ready for a state of readiness that we need to begin to operate in. And God, the the state of readiness comes from being trained to go. And now listen to this. We're going to jump into Ephesians chapter number six. And verse 10 is where we're going to start. We're going to read the next five verses. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. And we're going to read the next five verses. And so as we're turning there, the Bible says, Finally, be strong in the Lord. Remember, it's in the Lord and in his strength that we're doing all this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, but against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil and having all you can do, having all you have done to stand stand firm and get this this is how you begin to stand we don't stand like this like we're weathering a storm you literally stand like we talked about a few weeks ba- back as a Pancratus, one who exhibits all power all authority jesus said before he went up to heaven all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Therefore you go in my name. That means with his authority and Change the world that you live in and so when you're standing you're not standing just weathering the storm and saying I hope it passes by you're standing as a mighty armor man of God with all power and authority Against the fighting enemy that's coming against you. You need to start picturing yourself different in the battle Some of you have pictured yourself getting beat up and broke down the whole time Just because when you get a different image of you the devil already knows who the real you really is and He already has the real image of you because it's what God sees. It's just got to change in your mind So you get the real image of who you are So when you've done all you can do to stand stand firm stand Therefore having the having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as for and as shoes for your feet Get ready for this as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace now this term peace That we read about here under gospel of peace literally means this in the Greek. It means a peace that prevails or a conquering peace. A peace that prevails or a conquering peace. Peace. We must begin to live a lifestyle in a peace that prevails and is a conquering peace. The shoes Paul is talking about were made of two parts. The first part was the shoe, and and, and it was this part from the top of the ankle to right above the knee. And as it started here and it would end at the top of the ankle, this was vital to the warrior's um, um armor because this, if you ever had a leg injury in the midst of battle, you were as good as dead. If you ever had a leg injury in the midst of battle, you were as good as dead, especially in hand-to-hand combat. If somebody broke your leg and you fell down and you can't fight back, you're as good as dead. And so these shoes that we're going to talk about are so vital to your Christian walk that if you don't begin to wear them and use them, you'll realize very quickly, oh, I've been losing the battle the whole time, not because my faith is wrong. It's because I forgot my shoes. I Forgot this part of my armor and so from here to here was completely covered and it was protecting them in battle The other part of the shoe is the actual one that would cover the top of your foot and the bottom of your foot And it would be laced together with leather all around the bottom and some of the bottoms of these shoes were equipped with Dangerous spikes some one to three inches long. We'll get into that here in just a little bit Some one to three inches long and they were tied tightly to the feet of the soldier that was wearing them and now literally Um, The King James Version says, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That word shod literally means this, to tie underneath. It means to bind underneath, or to bind to your feet. So literally what you bind to your feet is what you walk on. A lot of you think Jesus was walking on water. He wasn't walking on water. He was walking on peace. He had something bound to his feet. And so in this... You're going to have to get to the point where you receive the gift of peace this morning, but you leave walking on the power of peace this afternoon. There are two different things, and if we as the church will come and get the gift of peace, but leave walking on the power of peace, we'll have a different transformational lifestyle than we've ever had before. God will change your life in the midst of it. And so it literally means this, to bind something very tightly under the bottom of one's foot. Peace is not something you are in, but it's something you are bound to, and therefore wherever you go, there should be peace. Peace in every area of your life Let's talk about the first kind of peace. I want to talk about a conquering peace. God didn't call you to safe places He called you to faith places God did not call you to safe places. He called you to faith places now We can come into church and say this is a place of faith. This is actually a place that is very safe for you to operate in faith Okay But when you leave here, we know it's not a safe place. It's a faith place And as you leave here going to a place where you're gonna have to walk by faith Many people stumble in their walk of faith because they're walking out there without peace bound to them. We'll get into that in just a minute. If you remember the scripture in your Bible in Matthew 14 verses 22 where Jesus walks on water. I'm going to read that right quick and we're going to find out how this conquering peace begins to take place. And it will take you from a safe place to a faith place. And the Bible says immediately after his disciples got into a boat and they went on before him to the other side and he dismissed the crowds. Now let's talk about what's going on here. It says immediately the disciples got into the boat if you're turning to Matthew 14 We're starting in verse 22 immediately the disciples got in the boat Jesus's physical life was no different than ours if you'll follow Christ through the scriptures This is what had happened. Jesus just did a great miracle John the Baptist got beheaded all-time low He just went so as John the Baptist got beheaded. He was depressed the Bible specifically says he was trying to get away from everybody (laughs) He says leave me alone, but the people followed him anyway And so after he was teaching them for a time period, miracle, John the Baptist died, I'm going to feed the 5,000, okay, immediately feeds the 5,000, he says, disciples, get into the boat, go to the other side of the sea, I'll catch up with you, I'm not sure why they didn't ask how you're going to catch up with us, but he just, they were obedient, they got in the boat and they went, in the midst of, okay, miracle, John the Baptist died, fed the 5,000, big time high, boom, immediately after the great miracle, a great storm, have you ever noticed that everybody looks at Jesus like, oh, Jesus just must have had the greatest life? No, his life was just as much of a roller coaster as yours and mine. He had the ups and downs just like we did. The problem that we have that Jesus didn't have is in the midst of our roller coaster, we take the ride and he says, I'm controlling the controls. In the midst of it, we want to get on the roller coaster ride and he says, No, I'm the operator. This piece will get you to control your environment. Like never before and so immediately the disciples got in the boat and went to the other side and while well, he dismissed the crowds And after he had dismissed the crowds he went up on the mountain by himself to pray and when evening came there He was alone, but the boat by this time was a long way off from the land Listen to this beaten by the waves for the wind was against them And this was the fourth watch of the night and he came to them walking on the sea but when the disciples saw him Immediately you but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea They were terrified and said it is a ghost and he cried out in fear But immediately jesus spoke to them saying take heart It is I do not be afraid and peter answered them lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water and he said come now We're going to break this down just for a little bit before we get into the the, the big crux of this message because if we get this story right, the message will make a lot more sense and be a lot more applicable to you. So here's the deal. You got Jesus who said disciples get into the boat, go across the sea. Now, it's a difference between the disciples getting in the boat and Joel getting in the boat. Okay? The disciples were skilled fishermen. They had been on the sea all their life. They understood the waves. They understood the wind. They understood storms. They understood it like Joel doesn't ever understand it. If it's raining, I'm going in the house. <laughs> right? They understood how to navigate the storms on the water. They weren't dealing with ignorant people here. They knew what the storms were like. They knew how to get across the sea. This isn't their first rodeo on a wavy, on, on a wavy sea or with the storm of the sea. This storm was so bad that they were rowing against it and they were getting nowhere because the waves were and the winds were against them. How many of y'all have ever felt that the waves and winds were against you? I mean, come on now. And so, in this, the waves and wind are against them. They're getting nowhere. And some of y'all's spiritual lives, you figure like this. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. He comes out strolling on the water, and the winds and the waves were bad enough that they look out and see a dude walking on the water, and they freak out and say, It's a ghost. Y'all are grown men. Are you kidding me? And they say it's a ghost. And Jesus said, Take heart or be of courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter looks out with boldness and says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. And Peter said, And Jesus said, Come on. What is the difference? In this conquering peace that we're talking about, Jesus had something bound to him that didn't enable him to walk on the seas, that enabled him to walk on peace in the midst of the storm of the seas. Because listen to this, this gets good. When Jesus stepped on the water, the water didn't calm down. The waves were still just as bad. The waves were still storming against him. The wind was against him. But even in the midst of the worst windy, wavy storm ever, Jesus says, hey buddy, where y'all at? He walked right through the storm. He didn't calm it immediately. That's good. And as he walked through the storm on peace, which gave the appearance of him walking on water, Peter looks at it and says, whoa, something's different about this. <laughs> this is Jesus. <laughs> Check this out. Jesus, can I come? God's looking for that kind of faith. That's right. I'm telling you, God is looking for people with that kind of faith to see Jesus doing something. Jesus, can I come? And Jesus, I believe, without hesitation said, come on. But get this, when Peter started walking on the water, he walked on it for a little bit, but then he looked around at the winds and the waves and began to sink. What is the big difference? Jesus walked in the power of peace. Peter walked in the gift of peace. Peter walked on what Jesus had, not what he personally possessed. When Peter began to personally possess it, it was no longer a gift, but it became a power. Jesus never walked in somebody else's gift. Jesus walked in the power of peace where Peter walked in the gift of peace and it's time for believers to sit themselves in an environment of peace for so long that you understand the gift but begin to tie it to yourselves and begin to walk in the power of it. Right. Jesus, when Peter began to sink, pulled him up and set him back in the boat and said, why do you doubt? And immediately he didn't just calm the winds and the waves, they were on the other side. <laughs> you don't to hear anymore about the storm. Jesus was walking on the water, above the water, above the waves. The wind didn't control him, and he had power over the storm. Peter came out on Jesus' peace. And listen, inspired faith without peace will cause you to sink. Inspired faith without peace will cause you to sink. Not the gift of peace, but the power of peace. Inspired faith without peace will cause you to sink. Here's why many of your faith walks have not equaled out what you think they should be. It's because it's not that you lack the faith, it's that you lack the peace. Because the minute the first storm arises against your faith, you're like, oh God, where did you go? And God said, what happened to this great person of faith? And so in the midst of your faith Lifestyle, and you walk by faith, and God called you to faith places. If you're walking in the gifts of peace by inspired faith, you'll begin to sing. But if you're walking in what Christ possessed, the power of peace, it doesn't matter how big the waves or the wind gets you'll, that are coming against you, you'll stand in the midst of the storm and you'll be able to call other people out of the boat. Because <laughs> some people will start operating in your power of peace. Have you ever been in a situation that was so unruling but, well, but the minute you walk into the room there just seemed to be a peace? <laughs> been in several of those circumstances in my life. Everything, nobody knows what to do. What are we going to do? Oh my gosh, the sky is falling and you just walk into the room and immediately there's... Tshh. And it's not that they had peace but you brought in peace and now it's just exhibited. Amen. That's what a body of believers is supposed to do. Washington can make all the decision Washington wants to make and I don't really care We as believers should have even in the midst of economic turmoil in the midst of terroristic attacks and threats There should be this peace that when a believer walks in the room Fear is gone Because we walk in this power of peace in our life. You must begin to develop this conquering peace God wants you to walk in this peace. The next kind of peace is traction peace. You cannot move forward physically or spiritually without traction I said in the beginning of this message that the Roman's shoes that were on their feet had sole on the soles of their shoes had Spikes anywhere between one to three inches one to three inches Why was this so important because Rome was conquering the whole Rome the whole known world at the time? They were conquering areas of flatland. They were conquering areas of mountainous terrain They were conquering the whole area at the, the known world at this time with every kind of terrain imaginable So they had certain kind of spikes on certain kind of shoes for certain kind of terrain And it gave them great traction in what they were doing in every area of their life. We must begin to get traction physically and we must begin to get traction spiritually for our walk of faith and for victory over the enemy. Now listen, if I'm needing something called traction to push this boulder out of the way that's right here, if I just push up against it with no traction and my feet start to slide, I'm getting nowhere. But the minute there becomes traction on my feet and I begin to push I begin to get momentum going the way I need it to some of you in your spiritual walk have been like that You've been sliding the whole time. You can't seem to get traction in your marriage You can't seem to get traction in your family You can't seem to get traction in your lifestyle And it's like you're literally a hamster on the wheel just going in circles and it doesn't matter how fast you run It keeps going faster and you can't get traction But once you begin to get something called traction You'll begin to begin to move forward in your life like never before. You have got to develop something in your life with traction. Some of you are facing a mountain that you begin to wonder, God, will I ever overcome this mountain? Will I ever get over this mountain? And you get about 10 steps up and it's like you slide back down. Listen, when you start getting traction, you'll begin to overcome that mountain you got to start getting some spiritual traction. And before you can ever speak to a mountain and say to be moved, you ought to have the faith to climb it. Some of you this morning are speaking to mountains that you have no business speaking to. You don't have enough traction to climb it, much less speak to it. Start developing some spiritual traction in your life. First, for your walk of faith. What do I mean by that? Your walk of faith, sometimes it's a process, not a miracle. Sometimes it's a process, not a miracle. Some of you have been standing, oh God, just give me a miracle. Sometimes it's a process, and sometimes it's not a miracle. But the God of the miracle is still the God of the process. The God of the miraculous is still the God of the process, and if He's the God of the miracle, He can accomplish the God of the process too you got to realize it's the same God. And I'll beg to differ on this, and I'll even dare you to question me on this. Sometimes the process is more influential and more life-changing for everybody watching you than the miracle. And when you start developing spiritual traction in the midst of the process, everybody begins to notice. Everybody begins to notice. Have you ever seen the the people that, um, the Facebook family that's out there? house of fire one day believe in jesus like oh they're on fire two weeks later you're cussing right dogging somebody out i can't believe so and so said this what happened to this person two weeks ago you better start developing some spiritual traction so when sister so-and-so gossips about you at work you don't got to go off on her on facebook you walk into the room and there's this piece Brother so-and-so on the job site's been cussing you out, calling you every name in the book, and you finally walk in the room with spiritual traction, and every mouth is silenced. And you ain't got to say a word. You walk with this kind of traction in your life. Sometimes it's a process and not a miracle. But in the midst of the process, if you'll get the power of God of peace and bind it to your feet, you'll walk through the process and experience more miracles than the one-time event. Listen, growing this church from where God had us 15 years ago to where it is now has been a process, a miraculous process at times, but nonetheless, it's been a process. And everything in the world about a process requires faith in God. Now, if somebody rolled in a person here this morning and they were dead and God immediately raised them from the dead what would happen? A miracle. Everybody would be like, oh, a miracle happened, a miracle. Then you'd have everybody talking out there, everybody questioning you about you go to that church, half the people excited with you, the other half saying, I told you it was a cult. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Listen, we've been called it all. (laughs) I don't even listen anymore. (laughs) I mean, I don't even listen anymore. And here's why. Because what they do has no bearing on my traction. I'm going to develop traction with leadership and staff and a body of believers that's going to move forward and have a dynamic work for the kingdom of God. Let the world say what the world's going to say. We'll prove it out to them by our traction and our walk of faith and we begin to see God do amazing things in our region and community. Let's get some traction. First of all, get it for your personal walk of faith. The second, you get it for victory over the enemy. Now listen to what I said. I said this... Um, shoes that we're wearing had one to three inch spikes on it and say for just some certain reason you don't have a sword or a shield anymore and somebody begins to attack you what you got (laughs) you got spikes boom some of y'all need to start kicking some of y'all need to start kicking Some of y'all need to have this peace tied to your feet, and you're about to walk into a home that there is no peace. You don't need to walk through the door. You need to kick in a door. You need to let peace go before you in that place. You need to start kicking in some things in your life. And listen to what the Bible says in Romans 16, 20. It says this, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. It didn't say under his feet. He said under your feet. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet Now there's two important things to note here That it's your foot but it's not the peace of God It's the God of peace See a lot of us will get that interchangeable And it's not interchangeable The God of peace is different from the peace of God The peace of God is a gift But the God of peace is the power source behind the gift I would rather have the God of peace Than the peace of God Because if I got the God of peace Then I got the peace with the God (laughs) Okay some of y'all should have got that And so when I got God, the God of peace, I'll automatically have peace, the peace of God, wherever I go. Some of you need to quit praying for peace and you need to start praying for God. And so in this, these one to three inch spikes, it says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. That word crush literally means this in the Greek, to smash, break, or crush bones beyond recognition so they can never be mended or healed. Now, come on. It says the God of peace will crush Satan under your foot to a point where he can't be broken, mended, or healed. Basically, you'll never have to fight that battle again. You battled insecurity all your life, and now the God of peace shows up. He's crushing insecurity under your foot, and now if you got those one- to three-inch spikes, when you got somebody under your foot with a three-inch spike in their chest, they ain't moving. And so the God of peace will crush Satan under your foot. It's your job to keep him there. You got one to three inch spikes. Literally that word crush comes from the word where they would crush grapes and they would crush it till literally all the innards would explode to produce wine. Some of y'all are sitting here thinking, how is that even possible in my life? It is so dysfunctional. Get ready. When the God of peace shows up, not the peace of God, when the God of peace shows up, you're going to have some power that you never had before. And literally, this traction piece that you're getting through this process doesn't just give you faith in the God of the process that'll end up making a miracle. He gives you spiritual traction in the sense of it you'll have victory over the enemy. So once you're accomplishing the process, you got the devil under your feet, and he automatically just stays there as you trudge forward, getting traction for a movement of the kingdom of God in your personal life. And in a church, and in a city, and in a region, and in a state, and in a well, come on now, y'all lost it. Come on. I lost y'all after your personal life. Some of y'all are just thinking if I could just get it in my personal life, woo, we'd have worldwide revival. Well, let's get it because the world needs worldwide revival. Let's do something with this traction. So we got conquering peace, we got traction peace. Now we have the best when we have power, the power peace. This victory is the God of peace, not the peace of God that I just touched on. There comes a time when there needs to be a transformational shift in the life of every believer that's out there. This shift going from the peace being a gift from God to literally a peace that's the power of God within you. A gift is always from the outside in. Hear me. A gift is always from the outside in. A power is always from the inside out. If Jeff Jeff were to give me a gift, I can receive that gift in my life. But it was his power that gave it. Do you understand? A lot of Christians are great about saying, oh God, I need this and I'll receive this and, and I receive it by grace through faith and I receive it. Good. But once you receive it, Don't let go of it bind it to your feet. So it's with you wherever you go Don't receive the gift of peace here and leave it when you walk out the door. I Say that for a specific reason because the gift that you get should become a power source from within that you then give out If 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 it is your job to receive the gift and I give you the gift It was my power that gave you the gift But when I give you the gift, it's now in your power To do whatever you want with it, you can leave it on the chair, you can leave it at the altar, you can flush it down the toilet, you can leave it in your car, you can go out of work tomorrow without it. The problem is God gives tons of gifts every Sunday morning that come in the shape of power that you now possess, but you walk out of it in here and leave it. The difference is when you receive this gift of peace this morning, it needs to be such a power source that you bind it to your feet that you never go anywhere without it. The gift of peace is the power of God. So as he gives you the gift of peace, it doesn't need to stay a gift. It needs to be utilized in your spirit and become a power in your life. The power of God to change the world that you live in. If some of you would walk in power, not just peace, you'd have a different lifestyle. Because here's the thing. Some of you hold this gift so lightly then anybody can knock it out of your hands. Peter held the gift of peace lightly, and when he walked on water, he looked at a wave and said, oh, you're bigger than Jesus. Some of you will receive the gift of peace here this morning, and as soon as you experience confrontation out there, you're gonna drop it. You're gonna go back to the old ways, and you just drop the power. That's why it's so important to do this. To train in peace long enough that you start operating in the power of it. To train in not just peace, but train in the God of peace long enough till you start operating it in the power of it. When you train in peace long enough and you begin to understand what peace is like, you'll begin to operate in the power of it. And you no longer are saying, listening to Jesus say, come. You're the one telling others, get out of the boat. Walk on my peace for a while because if you walk with me long enough, you're going to start experiencing a power that you're going to grab a hold of and you can then walk in that power. I'm not telling you to walk in my peace. I'm telling you to walk in his peace long enough that it becomes a power in your life that you go exhibit to a lost and dying world that needs a transformational change in the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing is this morning, as we're all gathered here in this one place, We can come into the presence of God in the midst of worship and have an amazing time. We can come into the presence of God in the midst of a setting like this and say, wow, I feel the peace of God. But what good is it if it stays here? What good is it if you don't bring it back, bind it to your feet and bring it back home?